What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate, and I continue to be, uh, what's the word, man? Just like so proud of what Living Corporate has become, right? We started off as the singular podcast four years ago, publishing on like a semi-monthly basis to really being an entire network of shows all focused on centering and amplifying black and brown folks at work. And, you know, this whole like topic of equity, inclusion, and even organizational justice, it's so broad, right? It gives us so much space to explore and talk about a variety of different topics. And it encourages a variety of brands to want to work with us as we mobilize different branding campaigns to spotlight their leadership or spotlight the work that they're doing to create a more equitable world. And so I'm excited because what you're about to listen to is an episode um, continuing our Pfizer campaign that we actually kicked off last year. We're actually adding additional interviews to that campaign. We're going to add the Pfizer link to the show notes so you can actually check out all the content that we've done with them as part of this campaign. And this interview that you're about to listen to is a part of that. And, you know, this particular interview is with Yolande, uh, who is an executive, uh, executive at Pfizer. She's really a part of their storytelling and marketing uh, and branding team. Uh, she's been with Pfizer for some time. Like she actually has a really storied career at Pfizer. We talk a lot about authenticity. We talk about, um, you know, sponsorship, mentorship. We talk about lifting as you climb. We talk about. We talk about a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, we, we had a good time. We cut up a little bit, too. It was fun. Um, so I want to shout out to the Pfizer team. I want to shout out to, I'm not going to put no name nobody because I don't want to embarrass nobody, but y'all know who you are. Shout out to the Pfizer team. And I'm excited about y'all hearing this conversation that we had. And um, we're just going to get right to it, okay? I really want to make sure we get to this conversation with Yolande. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, We started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website, ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more about Squarespace, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yolanda, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, now let's 
Let's start with the, the the elephant in the room. All right, you've been with Pfizer for nearly twenty years. All right, how have you stayed at Pfizer for twenty, almost twenty years? I'm not gonna put the twenty on, but how? I know because that makes me feel old. <laughs> like, You're not old. Twenty. You're not old. Twenty is a twenty is a big deal. I was but, really. Um, I'm, I'm. Can I can I keep it a thousand? You know, <laughs> black don't crack, but it do bend sometimes. You know, and so I saw it on LinkedIn. <laughs> So I saw you on LinkedIn. I was like, "This is still what? This is crazy." This is, and uh, you know, it may sometimes. Sometimes twenty feels like a big number. It's like, I was like, "What? What is her? What is her? What was your journey to be to to get here and stay here so long?" So, shout out to Inroads because I was an Inroads intern literally twenty years ago. So I, so I started my internship 20 years ago. So give me a little, you know, so it was an internship and I'll be, and I, and I, I'll be completely honest. Like I was not looking at pharma. Um, I had interned, um, for other companies. I, I started like doing, um, like I worked with capital records. I thought I was going to do PR and marketing and I was working as a marketing intern also with inroads for another company real estate company and i remember we had some kind of intern gathering and um a friend of mine was talking to someone else and all i heard was yeah i get a car for my summer internship and i was like you get a what and that was it i spoke to her her name is lauren she's still one of my best friends to this day she also works at pfizer but when she told me that Pfizer interns got a car for their summer internship, it was a wrap. I said, sign me up. I went to my intern, like relationship manager. I said, give me an interview with this company. And literally I planned to only be here for like two years. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get this sales money. I heard they pay well, I'm just gonna get this and then go on and do something else. That did not turn out that way. Not only because it's a great company and I formed like a lot of really great bonds, but um, I've been able to reinvent myself over the past 20 years, right? So starting off in sales, doing sales in Brooklyn of all places. Um, and then I was able to go to Rwanda and um, spend six months as a global health fellow doing communications and media. And that's when I was like, I need a career change. I, this is what I need to do. I, I belong in communications after that experience, not only just living in rural Rwanda and interviewing patients and um, providers and just like literally seeing how, how people live in sub-Saharan Africa um, and really valuing like a company like Pfizer that sends me and ha gives me that experience, but coming back and saying, hey, I, I still wanna work here. <laughs> Um, and how can I make that happen? And I was able to reinvent myself and have a second career in communication. So it, it has been 20 years, but it's been a lot packed into those 20 years. Well, I would imagine like because of your your diversified background that like coming into a communication slash storytelling role, which we're about to get into in a minute, like you having that like that more like go to market or market facing background. I would imagine mm -hmm. gives you even more, like gives uh, additional depth and dimensionality to the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think when I came into communications and came in, you know, in content creation, 
And I don't know why, but a lot of like communicators are introverts. Um, you know, at least that was the case when I walked into um, into the office and I wasn't used to even working in an office. I was used to being out and about, like literally in the streets, <laughs> selling these meds, selling these drugs. Outside, yeah. Uh, outside, I was outside. And so coming in, it was actually, I think, people weren't used to someone like me coming in from sales and like, hey, how you doing? Big personality, um, who could also write and tell stories. And I think that has been what has helped me in this because I love talking to people. Like this podcast, this opportunity to speak to you, I'm excited, right? Um, I just got off another call with a partner organization where I was interviewing them. So, you know, a lot of what I did in sales was talking to physicians and patients and telling them about our product. And a lot of what I do in communications is talk to people and tell them about our work. And it's in a sense, I'm selling a different product, which is our company to employees and to people like you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now look, y'all, it is crazy outside. There's all kinds of stuff going on. If you are working a nine to five, you're probably stressed out about keeping your nine to five. If you don't have a nine to five, you're probably in the middle of trying to get a new nine to five. Or maybe you made the crazy leap to be a full-time entrepreneur like me. You got the world on fire all around you, middle of election year. A lot of stuff going on. It's just, it's absolutely nuts, right? It's nuts outside. And I could definitely see, I'll speak for me. Look, for me, I know I be going to therapy on a regular basis. I believe in therapy, all right? Hashtag uh, black folks need therapy. Hashtag we all need therapy. We all need it. And for me, I can say if it wasn't for therapy being like an ongoing maintenance tool in my toolkit to help me stay level and help me realize that I'm okay, everything around me is okay, here's what I can control, that has been critical for me. And I would hope that if you have thought about therapy and if, or if you haven't thought about therapy, shoot, let's say you're like, like I ain't got time for therapy, I got, I'm too busy trying to make sure that these plates keep on spinning. I hope that you check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's completely convenient, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, keyword licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is incredible. It's very challenging to move around and find the right therapist for you. The fact that BetterHelp is providing that as just part of your experience is incredible. So find your support Get the help you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Corp today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Corp, C-O-R-P. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about the, like about your role, right? Like you're, <sighs> Pfizer is this huge brand. You know, you and I were just mm-hmm. talking about this off mic is Pfizer is... Some honestly, of all the of all the brands that like live in corporate has had the pleasure to work with or have leaders to like interview and things of that nature, Pfizer feels like the most like the hardest to wrap your arms around. Like there's so many opportunities to tell all types of stories. Like, what is your role in leading that effort? No, you're absolutely right. It, there are so many stories, um, you know, and I think. Um, one of the things that I love about my job is, is it is so diverse because our population is so diverse. So we have 80,000 colleagues around the world, right? So on any given day, I'm telling a story about a colleague or a patient. So 
few examples. Um, a recent story that I did was for World Refugee Day. So we have this um, refugee leadership initiative, right? Basically, we hire refugees and give them jobs. So I interviewed a colleague, some, someone who works for our company, who literally worked with the State Department last year to escape Afghanistan. And the first thing he did within weeks of escaping Afghanistan was start working at Pfizer. And I was I was in awe of his story, like growing up in Afghanistan, um, when the Taliban came in, like living in Kabul, and then um, there's a joint interview with him and someone from the State Department who helped him escape. And just literally listening with my eyes, like, you know, I, I was like, I'm having an Oprah Gail King moment right here. This is this is like top notch stuff that you don't expect, um, you know, to encounter in a day to day when you're interviewing somebody you work with. Right. So that's one example of a type of story that we tell to our internal audience of colleagues and externally as well. Another is um, a recent interview that I did with a colleague in in Italy who had throat cancer and lost her voice. And she works in procurement and her she was she she was scared that she wouldn't be able to keep her job because she she couldn't speak to customers, she couldn't speak to anyone. So long story short, um, she was able to work with our digital colleagues to develop um, a solution, like, you know, literally using mics and podcast equipment similar to what we're doing so that she could be heard over, um, you know, over our teams and WebEx calls. And so I interviewed her and, you know, just even, um, we call these stories like profiles in courage, profiles in joy, profiles in, in excellence, right? So literally profiles on, on our values and people who are living our values. But I'm always inspired by like, wow, like you really are um, courageous and stepping up and doing the things that you know, we, we say people should do, but not everyone does it. So I have an opportunity to literally be on the front lines of people who are doing courageous things, people who are doing things to move the needle, help patients. Um, so it, it runs the gamut. Um, I recently also wrote a story on somebody who is autistic and dealing with neurodiversity and um, what it's like for her you know, in this world of like not being normal and trying to tell other people, this is how you can relate to somebody who maybe has ADHD or somebody who has um, all of these different kind of quirks or what we call quirks, but they're actually things that make them stand out and make them work differently, but work with excellence. So as I said, it's all different kinds of stories, which um, for me helps fulfill my passion inside of, of not every day looking the same. So I'm not just saying like, how do you like working here? And they're like, I love doing my nine to five and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's some, some of it's really exciting. You know, my own experience, like in corporate communications is that it takes collaboration um, across the enterprise to really tell good stories to like, to really have, to have the conversations that might be uncomfortable, but are really going to be impactful to your audience, even if it's only internal. And I'm I'm really curious, like, what have you learned about relationship building and cross-functional coordination in your experience? Because you're, you, you do not exist like on an island to yourself. You're having to go and like talk to other departments and leaders and like you have to get them to agree uh, to sit down and have a discussion with you. Like, what does it look like to, to build, like, what have you learned about just relationship building and, and collaboration in your, in your time in this role? 
relationship building is essential. It's something that I learned in sales. Like if I don't make, um, if I don't build a relationship with the receptionist and the front office, I'm not getting back there to see the doctor, right? There's no way she's, I have, she's literally has to be my best friend for me to have, for me to get my job done. And similarly, um, when I think about relationships in terms of um, how to tell these stories, I have a really great relationship with our digital team because they're the ones that own the platforms. They're the ones that make, you know, we use Open Reel to shoot a lot of our virtual content. We use, so it's a lot of digital equipment and it's because of that relationship with digital that I heard about Maria's story, the colleague in Italy right? They, it was just a standard update that they were giving the meeting about tools that they were getting ready to to roll out. And they said, we're rolling out these tools for colleagues with disabilities. Uh, and it's because someone reached out to us with, with throat cancer and couldn't speak. And I said, wait, there's a story here. And that's how I was able to get that story. So um, building relationships with everyone that I work with, whether it's our digital counterparts, um, people in people experience to learn about how they're recruiting new colleagues, like what are the benefits for our colleagues in different things, relationships with corporate affairs. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have a relationship still with our corporate affairs colleagues that I used to work with, right? So I find that relationship is essential and there's no one too small or too big, right? You know, whether it is, um, I have relationships with all the admins that I work with. I have relationships with, you know, the chief of staff for our executive leadership team. Right, they all work together to tell a great story and to gain access to places and things that I wouldn't otherwise have. You know, you're also the communications co-chair for Pfizer's global black community. That sounds that sounds very important. Okay, let me say that. What does that work entail, Yolanda? It is honestly sometimes I I'm, I'm like <laughs> it is. It is a lot, honestly, but it's something that I do because I love Black people. Like, what can I say? And I want us to win, right? It was Issa Rae that said, <laughs> when they asked her at the Emmy, she's like, they, when they said, who do you want to win? She said, I'm rooting for everybody Black, right? And that's me because as part of, yeah, listen, that's why we're here. Um, one of the things that I I really love um, about leading, um, co-leading communications for our global Black community is that I get to see Black excellence on display every day. So that is a, our, our colleague resource groups bring to get, brings together all of our colleagues in marketing, in finance, in legal, in corporate affairs, in, in every area of life. Like, I work with our, we have some really dope, like scientists who are black, like to be able to say that, you know, this scientist worked on the COVID-19 vaccine, like, and I know her through this global black community is something that brings me joy, right? Because we have such um, a community of people who lead with excellence every day. And I get to tell their stories. I get to say, you know what, during Black History Month, so our theme for um, this year for Black History Month was Black Excellence. And we try to put black excellence on display. Like here are our manufacturing colleagues who literally are our shift workers, our line workers who were working tirelessly through the COVID-19 pandemic. Here are their stories, right? 
here's a story of, um, and then th there was a colleague who, he was a generational Pfizer colleague. So he was in manufacturing. His parents started in manufacturing. So he started working at the company since he was like 17, 18 years old because his parents used to bring him to work. And now he has a legacy, right? So I get to, I get to kind of learn more about our colleagues um, from all walks of life and to be able to tell their stories. But then I also get to um, kind of work with our DEI team and our leadership team. And what was really great is during the... COVID-19 pandemic and um, everything that happened with George Floyd, we were able as a resource group to sit down with our CEO and really say, this is what it's like to be black at Pfizer. And he listened, he learned, and he made changes. And, um, you know, there's no other, I think, group that would give us that audience, um, but we, as a collective, we are so much stronger and that we are able to have these audiences with our executive leaders and really champion and um, kind of put forth our our desires and intentions for the black community. Well, you know, let me tell you something. That's first of all, you said something that's very rare. And I'm, and I'm so again, this is living corporate. All right. So, Yolanda, so, you know, I'm not we having real conversations around here. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? So let me say this. The first thing I'll say is we, we are. We are. We have real we have real conversations. This is funny. We have this. This is this is a this is one of the funnier interviews I've had. But I'm gonna say this though: what I've noticed is like with black folks, like this is just a pay. And you might be like Zach, that's not fair. And I want you to tell me if you think it's not fair. What I've noticed is <laughs> is that if you're like when I meet when I meet work with black people and they've been in the same organization for more than like ten years, they don't be rooting for everybody black. It's kind of like they kind of create their own little ecosystem and they kind of got there they might have a couple people that they kind of rock with but they're not really trying to uplift so what's exciting to me is what i'm hearing from you is that you're still i don't like there's just something that happens i don't know what it is yolanda like if it's like i don't know if it's just like you end up drinking the kool-aid too much or you just kind of become numb to it or you have maybe you have survived if, if it's survivorship bias but it's easy i think to kind of like not continue to think about the collective as you rise up. And so it's dope from what I'm hearing is like, there's this effort and mindset and attitude to still, um, to create voice and platform and space for other people that look like you. Um, it's easy, I believe to like, just to kind of leave folks to the wayside, right? Like, you know, you have your, your life gets in the way you got, you know, you have your own bills to pay, you have your own career goals. And so I just think it's really cool that, there's still like collective, a sort of sort of collective uh, organizing happening to really have to still really push and amplify uh, the voices that may may go unheard. So that's really dope. No, and and thank you for saying that because I have been on the other side of those experiences that you mentioned, where I remember one time. Um, you know, I was, when I was still new to, to kind of corporate, you know, I was coming out of sales and there was this leader, she was a phenomenal woman. Like, you know, I, I love, first of all, like women that dress well. So like when you see her walking down the hall and the suit is sharp, the heels are high and you're exactly, and, you, and you're just like, you look at her and you're like, 
yeah. I want to be her. Like, I want to be like her. I don't want to take her job. I just want to be like her. Like, she's a great role model. And I remember reaching out and initially she was like warm. And then, you know, I guess I was reaching out too much because yeah. then she was just got too busy. All of a sudden, it was my meetings were declined. Right. And I remember how that felt. Like, I was like, really? Like, right. really? <laughs> like, you don't even understand how much you inspire me. Right. And to, to have been in that position of like, you know, feeling the shade a little bit. I don't ever want somebody else to feel that for me right. because I know what you mean. I'm really not that like, I, I'm not Michelle Obama. I'm right. not, you know what I mean? Like, but you're that though, like in terms of you're, you're inspiring a bunch of people that you, that they'll never tell you. Right. And so like, it's dope. Cause you're in that position now. Right. Like, and so that I feel the responsibility of that. Right. So I feel the responsibility of, mentoring interns like um you know one of the things that we i had the opportunity to do this summer and especially because it was like my 20th anniversary as an intern i was really like we i hired an inroads intern this summer and i was like you i i'm paying it forward um and then having the opportunity to mentor him um, you know, daily, like we had morning huddles and I was like, listen, this is what you're not going to do. And this is what you're going to do. Right. Um, and also, um, having, we have this program called breakthrough fellows, which is a phenomenal program for, um, that, you know, Pfizer pays for there that was launched actually by our CEO join, um, right in response to everything that happened in 2020. But, um, we hire them as interns, they get full-time positions and we pay for their grad school. Like they get to go back to grad school full-time. So I, I had one of those fellows who came in and I was mentoring her and to be able to have her come to me and say, you know, in her group, there's no one that looks like her. And for me to show up with my braids, you know, she had her braids and I was like, listen, because there was a time where I didn't even feel comfortable wearing braids in, in corp, like in sales or, or, or anything because I thought it wasn't professional. But what I love about having been here 20 years is that I'm comfortable with who I am. As Beyonce said, I am cozy in my skin. And because I am cozy in my skin, cozy, <laughs> cozy. And because I'm cozy and comfortable in my skin, then like, I can say that I love people who look like me and I, and, and, and I root for them because it doesn't take away from the relationships and the things that I have with non-POC colleagues, right? Because um, I root for them too, and they know that. Um, but I also know what it means to be a Black intern coming into a company like Pfizer and feeling not enough and feeling like, you have to be something that you're not. And you have to talk about, oh my God, I had a ski trip this weekend. And I did, I did like all of these things. And oh my gosh, like to try to feel like you're on the same level as people who have been like vacationing with the Kennedys since like, you know, since they were born, right? And I didn't come from that background. But now I can say, yeah, I grew up in East Flatbush and I'm from Jamaica and it is what it is, but look at me now. <laughs> right and, and feel comfortable in that and so that's why I can have the rapport that I have with everyone whether it's an admin whether it's a CEO because 
I show up as myself. Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mama. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. You know, there's just so much, there's so much there. And it's interesting because like we were making jokes at the top of the conversation about like being old. It's funny because based on just like high level of like your timeline and you're like, how long you've been at Pfizer, your internship, and then my timeline, we're roughly the same age. And I wonder like, do you ever feel, <laughs> so I'm just now realizing that I'm not like super young, right? So I'm like, I'm 33. So I'm like, I'm young, but I'm not like super young. <laughs> And so then when people hit me up and they'll be like, oh, like they ask me questions and I'll, I'll say something like, we're like the same age, right? And they'll be like, they'll be like, no, I'm, I'm 24. And I'm like, oh, and, and like, and they'll ask, and they're asking me for advice. And I'm like, oh, I didn't, I thought we were having a conversation like, you know, kind of like we're doing the same things. They're like, they're like, oh no, no, like you, I look at you like this. And I'm like, and it's so, it's funny because. Like I, I feel you is that like, man, I'm like, I'm starting to go, come step into the role that I was looking up at people at. Right. It's like kind of like, oh, OK, they're a little mm-hmm. like they have the experience and they kind of they're doing some things I'm interested in. They're not like I'm not like the seasoned vet yet, but it's like you're not the youngest person. So what does it really mean to like continue to look yeah. to lift as you climb? And so I that's dope. Like being clear with like who you are. Um, I agree with you. Being cozy enables. Come on, Beyonce. Listen, you know, it's crazy. Beyonce. <laughs> Is so great. You know, like, let's pause about it. Like, let's talk about this on this sponsored campaign. Um, Beyonce is so great that <laughs> I, so, you know, so people don't know this, but the, really, frankly, Yolan, the reason why I've been so successful is because I consider myself a super Virgo. Me and Beyonce mm-hmm. actually have the same birthday. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. And when, when Renaissance dropped, it's almost like all the other seasons, it's like, it's just been Virgo season since then. And like, it's just continue. It's, I've just felt, I felt so great. And the fact that like, we can really reference her song in a real way, but I mean, it's true. Like being comfortable with who you are enables and empowers you to just really be at your best. Right. Like, I think like there, you're a hundred percent right. Like there's this internalized pressure and sometimes externalized pressure of like needing to overperform be that in how you show up and how you speak and how you communicate to also feeling like you need to go above 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 and beyond your job when it's like sometimes it's best for you just to do the role you were hired for and just do that well right and like but there's so much pressure that we have and so i so much what you give off to me i'm and i could be wrong is i sense that you work hard i mean obviously you've been and you've reinvented 
I do, because I was gonna say we. I still, I still. You still work hard. You still work hard. You still work hard. But But and I was saying, I sense. But I do also sense balance. Sometimes you talk to people and they have like this Mm -hmm. really nervous energy. Like say, oh, like calm down. Like take a break. Like you know, that's. that's, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't sensed that from you at all, and so I and so I think there's something there too. Is like there's this again. Like I think we're especially if you come from like historically marginalized depressed backgrounds like you you mm-hmm. you're told and like for for a bunch of really real reasons so like i'm not gonna say that our parents and grandparents and things were wrong but like hey you got to work five times harder you got to work you know twice as hard to get half as much like all those different things and it's like okay like but that isn't but Absolutely. that's not and as and as as viscerally and sadly real as that may may be in different contexts it's also not sustaining for your soul right over time so you have to figure out okay what does balance look like anywho look i want to i want to keep going and i was just gonna say and i was gonna say this as um as we talk about balance because that is a part of why i lift as i climb because i can't do it all by myself i think that if i thought i could i would be burnt out and just that a sad anxious depressed person Right. But having that collective, having people, um, whether it's a GBC or my team, I have a phenomenal team that I work with, having people that I can lean on and call and say, hey, I need your help with this. Or even just having them shadow me or work with me, um, that creates that balance. Because then, like I just did last week, I, I went on vacation. I didn't check email. I was fully off. And there were times before in previous years where I would be on va- I would be on vacation and have my laptop. Like I wouldn't even leave the country without my work laptop. I would bring everything with me because just in case like there's an important email that I need to answer or something that I need to send immediately. But now I'm like, listen, um, I and I leave those out of I said, I will not you <laughs> I'm out of the office, unreachable. And I think when I when I did the, the vacation, pre, like I think in July when I, I did a self-care solo retreat and I actually linked to like something on like mental health and women um, in the workplace about how we need to leave them alone while they're on vacation. Very subtle. But um, I'm that person that I'm like, I, I've worked hard, but I've earned my time off. So I'm going to take it. And for a week, don't call. I'm I'm unreachable. Well, it's, I mean, because here's the thing, like, you can't be at your best if you're grinding 100% of the time. Like, you, we're human beings. Nope. Like, we're not automatons. Nope. We're not robots. We have to. Yep. And, and here's the other thing is, I, I was just reading about this, too. First of all, we're all creatives. Like, there's, but, like, when it's the, it's the free time and the space that you give your mind to, like, really break from, from doing whatever the tasks are that then give you additional, that enable you further to come back and, and continue to innovate. You can't just be doing that 24-7. You got to give yourself time to, to rest. So so let's talk about this, though, right? Because we're talking about storytelling, and you and I have an off- offline conversations about storytelling, and um, you've been leading various types of communications, um, internal multimedia campaigns. And I would imagine, because of your... the um, your tenure that you've seen like different um, you've seen different folks try different storytelling in different ways. 
I'm curious, like, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen organizations make when it comes to effective storytelling, especially when it comes to black and brown folks' stories? Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Okay, so I'm going to be real, you know, um, and actually it's something that I learned when I was in Rwanda because typically when you um, when you tell when you see stories about people in sub-Saharan Africa, right? Remember those like old commercials and there'll be like flies on their faces and people thought you need to see sad, depressed people for you to, you know, give them money, right? For you to feel sad for them or sorry for them, right? And I remember it was in speaking in speaking to my colleagues at, a, at this project that I was working with in Rwanda and they were incensed because they were like, what about our dignity? And that has been something that has carried through, especially when it comes to telling stories about marginalized communities is always, 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 like so much has been taken already. Do not take their dignity, you know? So using photos, using images, like showing them as whole people, like making sure, yeah, they might have, this, um, like I remember, um, you know, a few years ago, we went to, um, I did a, like an on shoot, um, on location shoot in Philly with like a, this patient named Kyle who had sickle cell disease. And we were in his house, you know? And I mean, it was a normal house, right? But I remember like his mom was just like so conscious, like, cause we had full camera crews in their home. And but I was also very protective of the images that we showed of their home and the things that we um, pull through in that final cut, right? Because I didn't want them to feel like we have this disease that has like robbed us of so much. And here it is, like people on top of it are going to be like, oh, these like poor Black people in this poor community. And, you know, um, so that's the thing that I always try to portray or that's like the boundary that I do not cross is like making sure that we leave people with their dignity, making sure that they show up, we show them as whole people, not just like sad little stories. Um, and there was a time um, recently and I saw it on, on, on some, it was like on social media and it was like another organization. And I just remember thinking it was like this photo of this black woman and I was like, so angry. I was like, why would you use that photo of her? You know, like why? Um, and so I, I'm very, very conscious in, and we have guidelines for, um, you know, our photos and our images and our videos. We have guidelines in, in terms of like the kinds of images that we wanna put out, the kinds of um, video, you know, even in, in speaking, right? Like the, the things that we put out um, to our colleagues internally and also to the external public. So um, that's just the thing that I, I always, I, I, I am, am very passionate about and very protective of is making sure that we um, show, we show up and, um, and show them, show us <laughs> people of color and marginalized communities as whole people. Yeah, we go through struggles, but we're just like everyone else. We have the same desires, the same goals. 
Um, and we deserve that dignity. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, like, to that point, um, I know a common critique that I've seen, as well as that I've experienced just working in corporate America is, a lot of times when it comes to, like, storytelling and PR and communications, the insides don't always match the outsides. And so I'm curious, like, what does it look like for you as an executive to drive accountability so that that there's coordination between the internal messaging and the external messaging advisor? No, absolutely. And, you know, when, when you talk about the insides not matching the outsides, it's funny because I think there was a time where... I would get emails from literally people I didn't even know all around the company, like, hey, Yolan, I'm working on this campaign. And I knew what that meant. Okay, so there are Black people in the campaign, and you want me as, like, the person to review this content to make sure that it is okay. Like, Black people, so I'm the voice, I become, you know, you, you... you become ultimately like the voice for all black people, right? And you're like, is this okay? And this is okay. And at first you're like, okay, this is like a cool thing. I get to, and then I'm like, wait, wait, there needs to be more. Cause I cannot be the person, the only person that is looking at this content to represent everybody because I miss things. I will miss things, you know? Cause you, you see, sometimes you see, um, you know, some campaigns and people on social media are always like, yeah, there must not have been a black person in the room. And I'm like, sometimes there are black, funny enough that sometimes there are black people in the room, but either they don't speak up because everybody else is like, oh my God, this is great. What do you mean? They, or they get talked over like, oh no, this is not a big deal. Um, Cause I have been in certain rooms and certain things and I have said, no, we don't, we, we should not be doing that. And sometimes people have listened and sometimes they've not listened. Right. Um, but I think it goes back to, there always just needs to be more of us. Right. Um, tokenism doesn't work. Um, you know, and I'm, and I, and I can proudly say that I work on a very diverse team, you know, um, and that's intentional that it, it, you know, it takes intentional leaders. It takes people, um, who are saying like, you know, I need different eyes. I need different ears on this team. We can't all think the same. We can't all look the same. And so that way, the inside of the organization, the people, our colleagues, our 80,000 colleagues represent the billions of patients around the world that we serve in sub-Saharan Africa, in Europe, in Asia, in South America, all around the world. And that just needs to be happened, but that takes intention. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stones offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, living corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 
language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosannastone.com backslash today, today. You know, I, the other piece is like, you know, let's say it's me. I'm going to be extra fun. It's me, you, and like 30 white people in a room, right? <laughs> and it's like some <laughs> Pfizer campaign. And like, and it's something crazy, Yolande. Like, it's something just out of control. And they go, what do you think? Like, depending on our relative proximity to power, our social capital, and other things, we may not say something even though we're deeply uncomfortable. Or we may raise concern, but we may not raise it as vehemently as we feel because just the power dynamic of being black in such a potentially intimidating space like it's it's real and like i think to your point like that's where having just one or two is not enough and having true representation and not just representation to say hey i think but frankly the power and control to say hey here's what the story needs to be and even if you don't see it that way i need you to trust this group of people because you're telling th- a story that's represent that represents these people. And I think like that's where I've seen like the rubber meet the road a bit when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion is sometimes it's like, sometimes it's almost like <laughs> folks, <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Sometimes it's almost like folks, they, they just want to be able to check the box that they talk to some black and brown folks, but they're not necessarily truly trying to cede any power to black and brown people. And like, when you talk about true like equity at work and you talk about true organizational transformation, it's about empowering groups by literally ceding power, not by like giving them a kitty seat at the table or patting them on the head, but saying, hey, actually, this domain, we're going to just that's y'all's to manage and run as you see fit. We'd love to be there to sponsor. We'll be there to help provide oversight uh, or, or rather um, coverage will help block and tackle. But when it comes to the actual decision making, you are here, you're an employee, you're a leader, and we're going to trust you to really do that. And I think when I think about like the future of work and I think about just Gen Z period, especially black and brown folks, but really Gen Z across the board, like I think about my siblings, they're pro I foresee them looking for more of that, more empowerment, and not just inclusion. Like, hey, we included you. It's like, okay, yeah, you included me, but I really, I should be the one making the decision. You know what I mean? So can I tell you, Gen Z ain't scared. <laughs> they are not, they are not afraid. I don't know if it's because TikTok has empowered them. <laughs> Listen, they are not scared because they show up. And and what I actually love about our company and especially someone who was an intern, like our leaders love interns. Like they literally, like the interns sometimes have more say because they'll have the, because they want to know what Gen Z thinks. Like everybody wants to be seen as cool, right? Like they do. And um, so they really do. So when our interns come in, they, and they're not, they, they empower them to say like, what do you think? Like, you know, how is this? And they speak up. Um, and so in, in, in actuality, I think sometimes our younger colleagues, because they don't know that fear of 
somebody who maybe is like 30, 35 years in the game and looking toward retirement, who's like, you know, maybe I'm just going to sit in my seat and not say nothing because I want to keep this job. Gen Z, they think that they'll go out there and get another job tomorrow. So they do not care and they will tell you how they feel. Um, so, and it also goes back to, as I said, like being cozy in, in my skin because I'm at the point, I don't care who's in the room. And sometimes it could be to my detriment, but I now have a reputation for just saying what's on my mind. I do it with respect, right? But I'm like, no no, that's not going to work or no, that that's not a good idea. And here's why. So I, I, I assume that if you invite me in the room, you want to hear what I have to say. Like it's, you're not just there to fill, you, I'm not just there to fill a quota. I'm there to be seen her and heard. And so I'm going to speak up because at the end of the day, I'm going to, I got to answer to my group chat, right? My group chat will call me out. That's important <laughs> what though. What are you doing? But see, that's important that you have people I'm more around. I'm my group chat than my leader. That's see, but that's important that you have people. You know, like I feel like I I heard it on some stand up. This was a long time ago. Like you know, everybody got a yes man. You got to have people in your circle that are no man. Like nah, man, don't don't do that. Right? Nah, right. you looking crazy. Don't do that. You looking you looking crazy. Yeah, you looking crazy. I like Listen. I, don't you? Yeah, your your paycheck might be you looking crazy out here, and you need to stop. Right? Yeah. So that's important to have those people hold you accountable in a loving way and you know in a communal a communal way but like that's also important like as you continue to grow and climb like to not forget your people because they'll tell you and can i just say this a powerful example of just the group chat collective right um because this is a conversation that i had with another colleague because you know Juneteenth was a fed- was made a federal holiday last year, and shout out to Opal League because we had her as like our keynote speaker this Juneteenth. But this Juneteenth, twenty twenty two, was not a holiday at Pfizer. It was actually um, also um, it was observed on the twentieth, um, which is also World Refugee Day. So I was I was going into work to tell Afzal's story and to kind of launch this video that we were doing. And I remember like all my friends in the group chat and they're all like talking about what they're doing. And some of them are meeting up for brunch and things like that. And I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going into work. And they're like, what? Pfizer did not give you the day off. What? And I remember talking to like another colleague and she was like, yeah, my friends were like, Oh my God, you don't have the Cause now Pfizer is this big company. Um, Whereas before the pandemic, people were like, where do you work? And after the pandemic, they're like, oh my God, do you work for Pfizer? So now they're like, what? Pfizer did not give you Juneteenth off? Who do we need to speak to? All that to say, um, that day, our chief people officer and our DEI, lead, our chief diversity, equity, and inclusion lead, I let them know. I said, this is what my group chat is saying about Juneteenth when I saw them at the, at the event. Now, 2023, Juneteenth is a is going to be a holiday at Pfizer, and we have the day off. I'm just saying. I have to think the group chat played a part. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Listen. Now, um, we first of all, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot. You're doing a great bit. You know, before I get to my last question, I, you know, you talked about the fact you're from Jamaica. Yes. Okay. So, look, I... 
I, you know, I, I don't know how much you've listened to Living Corporate's library, so this is not appropriative. When I, we, when we have a really incredible guest, they say something crazy. We sometimes we got to drop the air horns. <laughs> we gotta. This has been a fire conversation, and we're bringing back uh, sound effects for 2023. I want to thank you. Look, before I let you go, again, you've been at Pfizer nearly 20 years. You don't give me like tired vibes. Like it seems like you're still excited and like interested and like invigorated by the work that you do. Talk to me about like the next 12 months. Like what are you really excited about? Oh, wow. Um, I'm really, really excited about um, a couple of things. I'm excited about, as I said, we're kicking off Black History Month planning um, this month, trying to get ahead of the game for February. Um, I'm just excited about um, all the great stories that we're going to tell. Being in person again, we're moving to a new headquarters. So I'm going to be, I think why I get excited is because I'm I'm always working on something new and every day is new and working on different projects. So I'm excited without revealing too much uh, about um, a few projects that I have coming up that um are super exciting um, um and so i'm i'm excited about all those things but honestly i you know as a person also of faith like i just truly believe that the best is yet to come right so i i wake up with that expectancy like i wake up with the expectancy like god you're gonna do something great today and i think that's what keeps me from being worn out or tired or burnt out is like, oh no, today's going to be a great day. Um, and affirming myself in that belief of God, you're going to do something amazing today, tomorrow, next year. It's my, my, you think like what I've done in the past is great. Wait till you see what I do next. And that's like the mindset that I go into because I'm like, why not? You know, if Beyonce can still put out albums like like her last album how many years in the game that number one that people are talking about even on this podcast i can put out something even more phenomenal um than i've ever done in the next year or so you need to be glad that my soundboard decided not to work just now because i got a whole bunch of keys like sometimes i'm gonna hey when you start talking about what god gonna do you better right come on now come on talking about god I love that. And you're absolutely right. No, having having faith and hope in terms of just like continuing to progress, you know, it's just it's a, it's a, it's it's critical like your attitude. Have it making sure that you're just not you you don't get too, you know, you don't get too down. Um Yelan, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um we look forward to having you back soon. You're a friend of the show. Thank you. Yeah, and we'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Zach. Peace. Have a good one. And we're back. Yo, shout out to Yolan Morris. I really appreciate her candor. I appreciate her availability, her willingness to just speak frankly on the record. And it's that type of dialogue that I continue to be proud of when it comes to living corporate. If you want to hear something that like you know, your legal team is going to love and give a bunch of thumbs up to. If you want to hear something that's not going to make you a little uncomfortable, if you want to hear something that doesn't center and amplify historically marginalized perspectives and experiences, 
then don't listen to Living Corporate because that's what we're doing over here, right? We're creating content that is like specifically for the upliftment, the centering, and the amplification of historically marginalized voices, and as a secondary piece, the education of aspirational allies, right? That's what this is for. We're not having no fluffy conversations. Uh, we're here to push and drive authentic dialogues. That is the future of this space, right? Like as we continue to like pivot away from like the corporate DEI stuff, as like Gen Zers continue to like be disillusioned with corporate America as a function, anything around diversity and inclusion needs to be authentic. It needs to be hard hitting. It needs to be actionable. It needs to be meaningful. So again, I want to thank Yolan Morris and um, hey, we're going to have another one of these spotlights next month. So make sure you pay attention. Make sure you click the links in the show notes to learn more about Pfizer, learn more about Yolande. I love y'all. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.